Welcome to That Happiness Show. I am Gemma Fossett, host and creator. I bring you my 25 years experience in finding happiness. You are the creator of your reality and thus you do create your happiness too. This is no longer about chasing the dream, but learning to stand in your power and receive. I am frequency expert, artist, teacher, and grateful mommy, here to guide you with the tools, ideas, and education around raising your frequency, learning to be present, and finding the happiness you deserve. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, welcome. This is Gemma, and I'm really excited to be with you today. I want to talk about pain. <laughs> so welcome to uh, this week, because I'm, it's going to be a series, and I really am noticing so many people chronically in pain, and it doesn't have to be that way. And I know this because I was chronically in pain for years with my back. I went through a pregnancy with chronic pain. I was at the chiropractors in the beginning five times a week because without it, I couldn't function. So I really understand this idea of chronic pain and uh, had my own experience, which obviously is where I'm coming from, but also I'm getting downloads about a bigger picture so that I can share with you an understanding of what's going on. So maybe with that understanding, you'll have a different approach. The approach won't just be resistance. It won't just be like, how do I avoid noticing this? How do I escape from this? How do I numb it? How do I, you know, even like, even how do I cure it isn't really what it's about. It's about the message that the pain is bringing. Previous episodes, I've mentioned Louise L. Hay with her book, The Mental Causes Behind and the um, the Affirmations to Heal. Her book is phenomenal tool. And I've told you about checking out what your um, ailments are that day, making a list of them, writing down paragraphs of affirmations that are associated with them. It's like usually a few sentences per affirmation, per, um, per uh, pain location. So you can... Uh, make a paragraph and do it that way. But I want to look at big picture today. And we're going to do this over the next couple days. So big picture, pain is resistance. All right. That is what it is. And the resistance, what are we resisting? See, if we don't go back to the core, to the seed of the problem, if we don't go back, we are going to just be pandering back and forth, back and forth, like it's basically spinning our wheels. If you um, are, if your wheels are spinning in the mud, and you clear out the 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 mud that's spinning, and you get back in and start again, it's just going to spin some more. Getting just addressing it topically is not going to be the cure. You know, you have to go a little deeper. You have to give the wheels something to give it traction. You have to give something of depth, right? You got to go a little deeper. You got something to sink into the mud to give it grip. So let's go back then to the beginning of pain. And what is the beginning of pain? Do you know what that is? Well, I believe I do. <laughs> this is as far back as I can go. And maybe there is a further back than even I know. But let's go back. Having my hot chocolate this morning. So please join me and have your coffee or tea. All right, let's go back. What is the seed of the pain? I'm going to say the seed of the pain is a thought. A thought what? And I'm writing this down because honestly, I might even include my notes. A seed 
starts with a thought. Now the thought has to be a thought. If it's a, it's a thought that causes pain, then it is a thought that is contrary to what God really believes about you. Now, if you, um, it, it just made me, it, I just got challenged. I challenged myself to think, what if I said, I love myself, right? And what if that felt like pain? Well, that would feel like pain because the real belief you have, you made a statement that wasn't in alignment with your true thoughts, all right? So if it brings you pain to say, I deserve to have someone who doesn't beat on me. I deserve to have abundance. I am worthy of a loving family. I am worthy of being treated respectfully. I'm worthy of a of a generous boss. If these bring you pain, then it's because the core belief believes otherwise. And we're going for core belief. We're going for core thought. All right? So all of Louise L. Hay is about, it's about, putting in notions that over time will break down these core beliefs and rewrite them. We want to rewrite them. If you want to speed up the Louise L. Hay work, do the affirmations with EFT tapping. We've talked about that. Check out David Childerly on YouTube and do one of his abundance affirmations and you'll see what I mean. But you can substitute Louise L. Hay's affirmations. So let's go into this idea that there's a seed thought. Now, if I was going to do the speed up story, I would tell you the seed thought comes from, and this is again, going a little further back, right? Okay. So there's a belief or thought that is contrary. I'm writing this down contrary to what God thinks of you. And we're being liberal here. If you don't believe in God, just uh, wing it. Nature believes in you. I don't know. Your higher self believes in you. Um, spirit. Use some other word. Contrary to what God thinks of you. All right. I got over my God issues. <laughs> and I can use the word liberally now. Because I believe there is something greater. And it might be a gigantic consciousness. It, it's definitely not something man-made. You know, there's something that came before. So it's going to be God for me. So a belief contrary to what God thinks of you. Now, why would you have a belief that is contrary to what God thinks of you? And I'm going to tell you why right now. Because when you came into this world, you were given somewhat of a blank slate. You were, you had hardware that knew God, but you had no software. So you had to upload software when you got here. And who was generating the software. That would be your environment, but especially your parents or whoever you spent time with up to the age of six. These are our software generating years. Okay. Zero to six years old is the software generating years. Well, I love this. I didn't even know I was going to say that. I never even heard that before, but it's cool. Generating years. Okay. Zero to six years is the software generating years. Now, generating software. So let me just say this. If you're three years old and you're a boy and you're crying and your dad comes along and says, boys don't cry, toughen up, stick it out, you know, buff up. You are not a baby. Only babies cry. Then 
you're going to have a belief that you're going to establish. Now, check this out. What if the belief is, <laughs> it's not okay to have my own feelings? Whoa. Whoa. Can you see how that could be correlated there? Can you see how a child told they're not allowed to cry would be equivalent to, I'm not allowed to have my own feelings. I'm not allowed to express myself. That's another one. Crying sometimes is a verbal expression, right? So what if it's, I'm not allowed to express myself? I know plenty of people who don't cry. I know plenty of people who don't aren't in touch with their feelings. I know plenty of people who cannot speak their truth. Can you see how this could be just out of something that simple? How is a child supposed to survive an environment like that when his response is not unconditional love, but shunning or shaming um, or disrespect? So he, that child, is hardwired to seek love. And if love comes in the form of denying self, then that child will deny self. Okay, hot chocolate time. <laughs> mm. So, okay, zero to six years is a software generating years. And then parents or environment um, create situations. This is going on here, create situations. Um, that generate beliefs for survival, generate beliefs and purpose survival. All right. Cause how do we stay with those people and get the love we need if we don't comply? Survival is compliance. God, I love this. Holy moly. So, <clears throat> Let's see how we're doing on time. 10 minutes. So this is the seed. And you're like, well, what does this have to do with pain? <laughs> well, by the time you get to any age, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever. Well, I don't think you'll get to 100 unless you dealt with this stuff and released it. So honestly, it's going to be up to maybe 70s, 80s, maybe. So... um. What's happening is you're planting a seed. Now, the seed is going to show up in your body. Louise Hay wrote a phenomenal book called Heal Your Body. And in that book, it shows the breakdown of the different areas of the body. Now, evidently, it's part of the hard wire, the hard, um, what did I call it? The, the hardware of your organic computer is the same as everyone else's organic computer. So if there's a problem with the knees, it has to do with ego and pride. If there's a problem with the lower back, it has to do with being supported. These things are all universal. It doesn't matter if it's um, some African person, an Asian person, a European person, an American person. It doesn't matter. It is universal. So that's kind of cool because now we have this seed. It starts as a thought. And um, we integrate those thoughts. The thoughts become our software that run our programs. 
and we do the software programs so that we can survive and um, survival in a sense is often compliance. If we had parents who were giving us software for unconditional love, it would be a different story. So this is how we root in pain is a belief contrary to what God thinks of you. God does not think you're lacking. God does not think you're unlovable because God does not believe you could be disrespected. Only you can believe you're disrespected. Only you can believe you're unlovable. So we're unworthy. This means that you planted the seed. All right. You have free will and you get to plant seeds that are contrary to what God thinks of you. So now we go to the rooting stage. We have the seed and now it's going to start rooting. How, what does rooting look like? Now, this may be another show, but I do want to cover it a little bit because we are going to go through all of these different things. I'm going to do a series. It might be two shows. It might be three shows. So rooting means that now it's sending down roots. Now, if it's going to send down roots, it has to pick a spot on you. Now, I will say this. There are different layers of you. So the roots may actually start in an energetic area zone of your being. It may start out in your outer energy barrier, your outer, what do we call that? Your um, energy field, your aura. Your aura can show, like people who can see auras can see if there's an energetic issue. It may not be in your body yet, but it may be in the aura. And I guess that doesn't really matter because we don't feel necessarily pain with the aura. What we do feel pain is when this rooting gets into our bodies. So let's take, for example, someone whose hip hurts. Obviously, the, the, the thought seed planted itself there. Now, why did it plant itself in the hip? Gosh darn it, now I need my Heal Your Body book. I picked some place I don't really have a strong knowledge of. Uh, dun, 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 dun. I don't think I have my Heal Your Body book. I think I gave it to Ursula. I'm going to have to retract. So I, you know what? Tomorrow I'll be sure to have my Heal Your Body book so we can do more quoting. But let's just pick the knees, right? I know knees are about ego and it's about, um, God, flexibility maybe. <laughs> now I'm making stuff up. Okay, I don't have my book. So let's just move forward though. And let's just say it plants itself in the knee. So now you, you're out, you know, doing your normal daily activity and you notice just a little like soreness, nothing major, or maybe you tweaked it when you were out. As soon as that seed started rooting, you wouldn't feel it. But what will happen is this becomes the weak link of you. So rooting happens where it wants to create the message. So rooting happens in the area of the body. I'm going to write this down. In the area with the... Uh, what corresponding message area. Now, how do we know what the message is? Because people have decoded the body. There's plenty of people who've done this, but Louise L. Hay is what I recommend. With the corresponding message. Happens in the area with the corresponding, um, not message, the corresponding, uh, what did I say that was? Rooting happens in the area. It's like I need to rewind my own podcast. The corresponding um, body part. We'll just say corresponding body part. Uh, body part 
for message. Okay, this is great. You hear me writing? I'm so diligent. Huh? You're getting a one-to-one -one session and you didn't even know it today. How cool. So this is um the 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 rooting has to happen in an area that has a corresponding um message. So if the if the seed thought had to do with lack, lack of abundance, lack of uh lack of lack of money, it would have to happen in the lower back because that's the area of the body that has to do with um, support and money and finances. So it'd have to happen in the lower back. That's why there's a lot of back issues in this country, right? And there's a lot of knee issues in this country. I mean, what is there a lot of? Isn't that funny? You could go and see. What is America pretty much good for? In other countries, it might be something else. Mm. Now, I am so... I'm I'm like really madly in love with this train of thought because too many people are treating themselves upside down. They're treating the knee issue as a tissue problem and not as a thought problem, not as a belief problem. And if you don't get to the core beliefs, it's just going to keep happening. Now imagine this, imagine if the corresponding body part was the breast, the breast tissue, and you got breast cancer to give you a message about what to change in your life. But instead, you just cut off your breasts. <laughs> well, you kind of missed the point. So now, the message has got to go somewhere else, but the message doesn't correspond to anywhere else. So I guess this is why you continue to have breast cancer, but now it manifests in the lymph nodes and it goes to the liver, even though it has nothing to do with the liver and it had nothing to do with the heart or the lungs or wherever else it reroutes. But um, we missed it. We missed it. We missed it. Now, let me tell you, pain, which is, I'm going to reiterate this, a thought, belief, contrary to what God thinks of you. The seed is that. That's what the seed is. The seed eventually will lead to death of you if not addressed, because you will get much more pain. You will get much more compliance, much more, um, you, you just spiral down into this uh, cycle of pain and um, the beliefs that cause the pain will become more cemented and there's more avoidance and more resistance and you're just spiraling down. So let's go over this again. The seed is a thought. Uh, these thoughts are the software created from zero to six years usually, sometimes later, and um, stemming from parents and environment that creates situations that generate beliefs. And we, we choose these beliefs so that we can survive through compliance these uh, juvenile uh, situations so that we can have loving, nurture, well, nurturing, you know, as much as possible, um, figures caring for us, right? So it's, it's really a specially engineered system we got. And I got to tell you, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. With my daughter, the big thing is to catch these things before they become chronic problems. There was um, this story happened ages ago when my daughter was really little and I was in um, my divorce from her dad and we were fighting and I really thought, we never fought when we were married, never, ever, ever, ever. I was very compliant, you know, I was trained to be compliant. And then in the divorce, I really thought that it was important for me to have my voice, you know, to speak up for myself. Because I, that wasn't part of who I was and I thought it was important. So I was speaking up for myself, 
but it, it wasn't working. It was actually feeding his own whatever, his own hunger for chaos and drama. So it wasn't helping any, but what it did do was it terribly upset Bella. And um, who is now Phoenix, obviously, because her first name is Phoenix Isabella. She's going by Phoenix now. But at the time, she was Bella, and Bella was three years old, and Bella was getting really sad from this tension, this anger that was between her dad and I. And we were all living in the same house during the first six months of the divorce. So she was crying, and I took her to the park one day, and she was on a swing, and she was crying, and I was crushed. And I was like, Bella, why are you crying? Wait a minute. Yeah, well, wait a minute. And she's, so you know what? Yes, this is all working together, but this isn't the story. <laughs> just really... So I asked her why she was crying. She says, because you and daddy are always fighting. And so I told her, well, I'm so sorry. I said, I, I, and at that point I owned that it was that harmful. And I told her I would make every effort to not fight anymore. But if I forgot, and if she felt like it, it wasn't her job, but if she wanted to, she could remind me. And then I would stop. So I empowered her. And that moment, if I had told her, this is what parents do, blah, 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 she would have created a belief to survive those days that would have been contrary to what God thinks of her. Because God thinks she's perfect and yummy and desirable and delicious and deserves love and unconditional love and deserves healthy environments. And when she spoke up for herself, her alignment with her God beliefs was supported, right? So she didn't develop a chronic problem from that. Now, another time we were at the park. <laughs> I am so sorry. Two stories for one. It's a two for one day. Another day we were at the park. I was walking laps. She was like four years old. Uh, maybe she was five. And I was walking laps and I left her to play in the playground area. And every time I came around the soccer field, I would see her with the kids and then I would walk around another field and I would see her and then I would, you know, like I'd lose track of her for like maybe five minutes here, five minutes there. So I was circling around. I was looking for my kid and I heard this woman screaming in the park and I came around. I'm looking for the problem and I see my daughter way off by herself and she wasn't near anyone. So I thought, oh, it's fine. As I get closer, I start to hear this woman saying, where's her mother? And I was like, oh my God. So I walked towards the park, not upset or fearful because I saw Bella, she was fine. And I walked to the park and I said, uh, I, I yelled to Bella, Bella, are you okay? And she said, she didn't say much. And I was walking towards and this woman walks up to me and she starts to tell me that Bella pushed her kid off of this um, platform. And it didn't sound like my, my Bella. My Bella wouldn't intentionally do that. That's just bizarre. And so I listened to the woman and I quickly realized the woman had a desire for chaos and not for any, um, any balancing, not for any completion or understanding or there was none of that. Once I realized that with this woman, I realized she was not my problem. You know, there was nothing I could do for her. And I went and I went straight up to Bella because Bella was suffering. And I went up to Bella to find out. And it turned out this woman had screamed at her and Bella was just horrified because she didn't do what this woman accused her of. The woman, um, you know, wanted a scapegoat for this and it wasn't going to be her children or her friend's children. So it was the odd child. Right. And so I was ignoring the woman to focus on Phoenix, Bella, and to just see 
if I could assist her, because she was in pain, I could see that she was crying, she was upset, she was not being heard, she was not being believed, and um, I didn't know what was what, and I was doing my best to balance it all out, and the the women took their children and left, and it was just me and um, Bella, and Bella was suffering, and she said, mommy, mommy, she was screaming at me, and then she said, mommy, I can feel the scream in my ankle, now, this is what I'm talking about. This is exactly what I'm talking about. She had a trauma. All right. So actually, we're going to add this. So a thought belief contrary to what God thinks, seed can also happen with trauma. Let's put that down. So she had a trauma that uh, she did not know how to deal with. She was not able to process at her age. And she was putting it into her ankle. like, And she was conscious that it was going into her ankle. She could feel the pain of the scream. That's what she told me. Mommy, I can feel the pain of the scream in my ankle. And I was like, holy cow. And I could just imagine this is going to be um, you know, on and off again, pain. This is going to be the weak spot. This is going to be the path of least resistance. This is going to be where she can't run because she's falling over because her ankle won't hold her up. Um, it's going to be an, it's an energetic collapse. And I'm going to tell you right now, I had an energetic collapse in my ankles when I was little and I couldn't run as a child. Um, I couldn't, I could run, but not run. I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like for sport, I couldn't run. Um, I could run just for fun with my friends, but not for any sort of like, uh, purpose. Uh, so I was wildly shocked by this and I took Bella in and we did um holodyne work on her body right away and it was magical absolutely magical so I have gone wicked overtime here and I apologize for that tomorrow we're going to focus on rooting how the rooting happens I just led into it today with the story about Bella and her ankle and we're going to talk about holodyne work. I'm going to make a note of that and go into that. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. If you would like a one-to-one -one session, feel free to reach out to me because this is the work we are all doing now and it is time to go deep. So thank you so much for attending today. This is a good day and there's a lot more to come. So Come back again tomorrow. Sending you much love. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Have a wonderful day. Bye now. Thank you for joining us on That Happiness Show. If you'd like more information or have questions, you can reach me at gemmafaset.com or 401-699-6142. Private sessions are available as well as retreats. It is time to wake up and learn to love yourself again. Thank you for listening. This is Gemma Fossett, host of That Happiness Show.